1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Recently we've been doing some reflecting on the early Spooko episodes, and one of my reflections is a newer one, which is, They're very bad, and I don't (laughs) like listening to them anymore. (laughs) Uh, I used to enjoy listening, but now not so much. So uh, you don't have to go back and listen to them, and I probably wouldn't necessarily encourage you to do so.
0: No, you know what? I I would like Mm. you to, because in one of our earliest episodes, Mm. we talk about Clive Barker's Hellraiser, a 1980s classic in which... Number one, we learned some pretty important lessons about consent in horror, which I think is worth going back to listen to for that alone. But also, Mm. Peach... You started a beef with Clive Barker, and I can't remember wh- why. Like, wh- what was what was your issue with Clive?
1: Oh, I would have been drinking heavily at the time. <laughs> I think is one important qualifier to put on lots of those early Spooko episodes, uh, and some of them even heavier than than others. You can sort of pick out. <laughs> so we spoke about shame in previous weeks, and perhaps that's why I don't particularly enjoy stick back to all of them. But I think. The dislike of Clive Barker was just a fairly general one where I was just, I had free smoke for anyone who wanted (laughs) it. uh, (laughs) But in those early episodes, like we were sort of learning the groundwork for horror as well. And it was in Hereditary, the first episode, where we have Gabrielle Byrne being like, don't worry, you're just a bit crazy. And I was like, oh, that's what gaslighting is. Like ka-ching, of like sort of coming to understand it. and. If you're a person of privilege who doesn't fully understand what gaslighting is, I can give you the now absolute perfect simile for it. It is having an internet consultant come round to your house on the basis that they have sped up the internet. And <laughs> I've had this happen today. So we've moved house and like a, lot of my, a lot of my job is having to rely on a good internet connection but being remote. And there are two people who came out. They drilled holes in the wall and put little white circles in the roof with little blue lights coming out of them, and moved modems around and whatever. And they're like, "Peach, there you go. Your internet is heaps faster now." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "I can't experience it being." I'm like, "I'm doing the same functions I normally do," and they're going just as slow. They're like, "No, no, let's do a speed test." And they're like, "Look, look at that speed test. Look how many MBPS there are going to speed test." And I'm like, oh, That's not a gauge for me. I wasn't doing (laughs) speed tests before you came here and disappointed at the speed test. I was just hoping to, you know, have these basic functions work. And just being told that the way I understood the subject we were talking about was wrong and I didn't know what I was talking about and I was probably crazy. I was like, oh, well, then this is the Gabriel Byrne uh, behaviour from hereditary and 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 tony collette's the only actor we tend to remember from hereditary and that's probably right and fair but gabrielle byrne taught privileged white guys a lesson on what it is we do and avoid having done to us every single day White privileged people if you want an experience your internet might be feeling a bit slow just get a couple of consultants out around there to fucking drill some holes and lay some cables around the place and uh, you'll get a bit of an insight into how it goes
0: Anyway, those early episodes were mm. wild and you're right. We were finding our feet. but mm. I do love that we covered Hellraiser because it is mm. one of my favorite horror worlds. I love the idea yep. of Cenobites being these leisure travelers from another dimension who can't distinguish between pain or pleasure. Cause it's just about extreme sensations. And if you solve a weird box, they'll come to your dimension and torture you for all of eternity. As a way to reward you for seeking out stimulation, like it's such a cool world to create, right?
1: It's quite innocent as well. I mean, if you think of the brutality of some more contemporary ideas, they're like, what would it be like if the absolute worst thing that could happen happened? You'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe just a bit of like a bit of a spook out from the spook <laughs> dimensions, probably a pretty nice, relaxing. But, idea. but also,
0: but also, I think. Mm. One of the things we talked about last week when we were talking about Terrifier 2 is that awful scene of just Mm. cruel brutality, that torture scene. Mm. And I think one of the main issues with the Terrifier series is that Mm. there's no reason for art. Like, art just likes torturing people. Mm. Checkmate. And what what I think is interesting about a series like Hellraiser is they give you a reason to show torture Uh, and to show the skin being pulled back and people's (sighs) like, you know, people in pain, because that's the point, right? Like Mm. these Cenobites, they're just chasing sensation. And if you accept their invitation, they're going to, make you experience the extreme limits of sensation it makes sense anyway so that's what i like about the series it almost
1: doesn't it's like oh if you were mean to us we're gonna do what we consider to be something good
0: (laughs) it's really confusing (laughs) it's
1: like okay
0: (laughs) so anyway so hellraiser is back nice and because of that i've gone back and i did a little bit of wikipedia digging on clive barker's backstory And I think we owe him an apology. He's actually an amazing figure. All right. So, 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 no, no, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. out. Mm. So he is a horror writer in the 70s and 80s, but he's a queer man in America at a time where it wasn't easy. I mean, it's never easy to be a queer person anywhere in the world, but Mm. at a time and a place where it was especially tough to be a queer man. He... Made some money in the seventies, trying to get by as a sex worker, yeah. and and being a sex worker at a number of places in New York. There were these like S and M clubs, really famous ones. I think one was called the Hellfire Club. There was another one as well. And through his experiences there, and especially at a night where he saw people who were getting pierced for fun, he had this idea for the Hellbound Heart, uh, which is a novel, that, uh, a novella that eventually becomes the Hellraiser film series. Mm. Although...
1: That actually is a pretty good story.
0: Right? Really. Right. Yeah, although, okay. although, but, mm. before it was called Hellraiser, he was originally going to call it Sadomasochus from Hell, <laughs> which is oh, a much Clive.
1: Yeah, okay, maybe I, maybe, maybe <laughs> I was right then, Clive sucks. <laughs> although titles are hard.
0: Titles are hard, but that is one of mm. the worst titles I've ever heard.
1: Although descriptive... In fairness, quite, quite, quite horror horror that way.
0: But right, like, so, so he had, he had this desire, to, he had this desire to write like a horror story or create a horror world about this distinction between pleasure and pain and the power around that, because that's the world he'd been in. And he was like, what mm. if I translated that as like a horror story, which I think is such a cool origin for the Hellraiser series. So anyway, Hellraiser comes out in 1987 there have since been 11 films in the series. I'm going to tell oh you, that titles are hard. Here are the names of all the Hellraiser sequels and spin offs. Okay.
1: Also challenging because no Cenobite actually tries to raise hell at any stage. It's, <laughs> it's not really very relevant to what
0: they want. But, and in the film that we're going to talk about today, Cenobites can be stopped by a door, which really sucks. But mm. anyway, so Hellraiser, mm. Hellbound, Hell on Earth. They run out of Hell One, so Bloodline. Okay. Then Inferno. They go back to Hellware with Hellseeker. No. Then maybe the worst, Deader. Oh
1: no! <laughs> when was that? Like 1997 or something. Like
0: ah, uh, Deader was 2005. Oh. Not a great time.
1: Yeah, although G Unit had like, was (laughs) was like peak 50 in G Unit culture. That was good. I
0: think the strokes were starting to take over the world around about that. Yeah, nice.
1: Interpol's Antics was 2004, I think, if I remember correctly. so.
0: So, Hell World, then Revelations, Judgment, and finally in 2022, resurrected by streaming giant Hulu because now a lot of these old films are just getting resurrected as straight to video fair or straight to streaming fair. As Gary Peach Vaynerchuk today. would
1: tell us, you can't put a price on nostalgia. It's the most underpriced asset <laughs> of all.
0: What does that even mean? <laughs> it
1: means that if you own like an old like franchise, if you're Hanna-Barbera, you don't understand how, you know, if Hanna-Barbera is worth 20 million bucks, oh, actually, actually the cool. Flintstones or the Snorks are worth fuckloads loads more. Yeah. than 20 million bucks. I actually think it's quite a good insight. But anyway, sorry for, you know, can't put a price on nostalgia. Let's raise some hell.
0: So today, Peach, we are doing the 2022 new film slash reboot of Hellraiser, simply titled Hellraiser.
1: Lego sequels, let's fucking go. Beautiful, isn't it? It's really nice you can hold it what is it it's a puzzle and it's almost finished keep going so if i solve it do
0: i get a prize i do It has six sides, six configurations It opens up And it cuts you And then they come to collect It's time
1: Greater delights Await We wish to see you Proceed Feed it Their blood Their pain make it through that trailer gooey oh really yeah like blood's just quite sharp like i wasn't even like upset i was like hey this is just a direct physical response uh I've got a long to-do list with the old therapist that we're working through and i need to put blood on there so hey, look give me another <laughs> give me some more time before i get to put blood but just then you nearly lost your old co-host for a little while
0: i mean there's there's a lot of blood in this film but i was so disappointed was oh, good.
1: It was a 2 PG 13, sort of gentle.
0: No, not at all. But god, and god, doesn't that make me sound like a real gore hound, which <laughs> yeah. I'm just not at all, but I do like exploding people. But
1: <laughs> the opposite of gore. You like know, a nice clean blood explosion.
0: Yeah. So there's there's two reasons for me mm. that this film didn't pay off. Number 1, I feel like if you're going to set a movie in a really amazing world like yeah. a horror world like you know the Hellraiser universe you have to expand it in some way you have to take me somewhere a bit different you can't just have a movie set in the world <laughs> hey, because it's toizer. like
1: remember the yeah we're right? back <laughs> we're back
0: and this film really feels like it's just ticking all the boxes which is a bit yeah. annoying except for a scene at the very end which we'll get to obviously at the end of this Wikipedia synopsis nice. but I think the second part of it is I'm almost disappointed there's not more clever torture in this film, right? Like, if these Cenobites are all about torturing people to the very extremes of human sensation, why does basically everybody just get pulled apart by chains? Like, yes, in the first one, the bad guy gets... Well, the the, the guy that initially summoned the Cenobites gets pulled apart by chains, and it's this iconic horror moment, and it's so gross and gory. But you can't just be like, well, wow, everyone loved that scene, so let's just <laughs> fucking pull everyone. Like, it doesn't make sense that the centibytes are like, we're going to show you true pain, but we'll just keep just tearing everyone's skin off with chains.
1: It's like. It seems very low tech as well. Like, <laughs> That's all we got. We got some hooks. We've got some chains. <laughs>
0: Look, if you've got a better way to use heaps of chains. Yeah, like,
1: oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You don't like the hooks and chains? Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> Look, it's not bad. Like this is not a, this is not necessarily a bad film, but it was disappointing as a fan of the universe. But there is a cool moment at the very end. I think you
1: like I think like dripping acid or waterboarding like strike me as like underused sort of torture once. Yeah. The, like the half half drown like waterboarding is just like, Are you fucking kidding? Like, yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you know, like that would be such a strong political statement to have a horror film yeah. that involved waterboarding as like a method of death. But anyway,
1: and presumably you uh, could riff on it because this whole theme is like blood. It's like metal and blood. That's our thing. Of like, and you imagine if you did water instead of blood. Yeah,
0: I'm not, like right because all the all the are supposed to be different, and there's one in this one called the Chatterer who is always just like. Because one of the characters has like a wheezing problem, so I think this chatterer also has. Like they always sort of reflect things in the in the in the world of the movie. What uh, chatting? Yeah, chatting. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been cool if there was like a water centibite. Like why not? Yeah,
1: lightning, earth, fire,
0: ice. (laughs) (laughs) Planet. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So we start at a party at hedonistic millionaire Roland Voigt's mansion. And it's one of those like classic movie, sexy, rich people, orgy parties, but like they can't actually show an orgy. So it's just lots of people just being like sexy and weird in a, and like the lights kind of being half off in this mansion. Anyway. I
1: don't want to kink shame everyone there, but I don't know. Like now. Like a blood-rich sex puzzle. <laughs> Who knows? Because they
0: don't know. Well, I don't know if they all know about it yet, Okay, right? cool, So cool. anyway, Sex Worker Joey is led into this sort of main chamber with like a large windowed roof where you can see the sky where there's this mechanical box puzzle on a plinth in the middle of the room. Yeah,
1: it's the Doctor Strange Mansion. Like, I get it. I'm,
0: I'm there. It, it is. It's actually the Doctor Strange Mansion. Yeah. and. You'll remember that that original uh, puzzle box. What what is it called? It's it, the, the, there's yes, a name yes, for it. Yes. Yes. It's called the <clears throat>
1: the Dana Cube. The what Is the puzzle box yeah. the tron. The Lament Configuration.
0: The Lament Configuration, which is, really okay, so wait. In so actually, biker. you know what? You know what? They do do something cool to expand the universe with that box. Anyway, so he comes across this mechanical puzzle box, which Voight insists he solve. Joey solves the configuration and is stabbed by a blade hidden inside the box. A portal opens from which chains fly out and rip Joey apart as Voight demands an audience with Leviathan.
1: Yes.
0: Does that all kind of make sense?
1: Yes. Wasn't Leviathan the devil in Hellraiser 2?
0: So it's never explicitly called the devil, but yes, when they go to hell, hell's this giant maze with Leviathan, who's this giant uh, 3D prism floating above the whole world. Uh, The coolest depiction of the devil ever, if it's the devil.
1: So this is just just a new series in Hellraiser. This is just the nearest dragon series on amazon prime or whatever yeah. hellraiser style yeah okay
0: yeah it's it's like it's like here are all the elements of hellraiser
1: 2022 what's up what's
0: good <laughs> <laughs> all right six years later recovering addict riley is living with her brother matt his boyfriend colin and their roommate nora riley's boyfriend trevor convinces her to help break into an abandoned storage warehouse where they discover the puzzle box now It's probably important to note that from the beginning, Riley's brother and his boyfriend are like, Trevor's bad news. Your boyfriend sucks. And she's like, no, I love my boyfriend. He's the best. Me and him, like, go and break. And anyway, so. Sounds like he sucks a bit, I'm going to say. Yeah. Anyway, so they break into this abandoned storage warehouse where they discover the puzzle box. Returning home late, Riley gets into an argument with Matt and leaves because she'd been out with Trevor doing, like, Random shit. At an empty park, she's playing around with the puzzle box, solves the box, but avoids being cut by the blade that shoots out. The Cenobites, a group of deformed humanoids, appear and demand she choose another as sacrifice. Matt finds Riley blacked out, because Matt's gone looking for her. As he tries to wake her up, he inadvertently cuts himself on the box. He goes to a nearby restroom to clean his wound. Riley hears him scream and discovers that he's vanished. Yeah, look, I'm pretty gripped, actually. Yeah, like, it's not a bad story, mm, right? Yeah. It's just a disappointing story. Nice. It could have been great, and it it just wasn't. They fucked um, it up. Yeah. Believing the box caused Matt's disappearance, Riley and Trevor tracked down Serena Meneker, Voight's former lawyer, played by Marta from Succession, for all you Succession heads out there.
1: I should watch Succession, yeah. shouldn't I say? You really it. should. Yeah. It's
0: pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. Anyway, so... They tracked down Voight's former lawyer who had hidden it in the warehouse.
1: Fuck, like my memory, look, as a can't lawyer, like, you just don't remember stuff you do. That's why you keep good <laughs> records. You'd be like, where'd you put the box? I'd be like, mm, i don't fucking, I don't know. Like, you know, I would have emailed you about where I was keeping it. Yeah, where's the email? I said, yeah, you go find that.
0: Manica tries to take the box from Riley because she's like, this thing's dangerous. It killed Voight. It's going to kill you too but is inadvertently cut by the blade and is later taken by the Cenobites. Mm. Riley decides to visit Voight's abandoned mansion, because remember, this is six years later, finding his journals and learning that the box... Okay, this is cool, right? Remember that it was called the Lament Configuration? Yes. So the box has multiple configurations. So it's like anger, rage, lament. Like, okay. there's six of them, right? Yeah, and okay. if you can solve all six and get a victim for each you're awarded a gift from Leviathan.
1: But isn't this gift going to be chains? I just, well, I like... mean,
0: you're a fucking idiot if you think it's not going to be bad, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. And the gift is going to probably be chains <laughs> of some description. He's got so many. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like Bugsy Bolognes, like, okay, I've got some sneakers for you. So, yeah, congrats.
0: <laughs> All right. So after just, after reading the journals and discovering that if they solve all six of the lament configurations and, and provide a blood sacrifice to each, they get a gift from Leviathan. Riley sees an apparition of Matt and it's this great moment. I can't remember the exact line, but it is actually a really good, spooky, disturbing moment where she says something like, Matt, is it really you? And he's just looking like really just, just done. Like he has not had a good time. And he's like, do you want it to be? which is, like, fucking creepy and spooky. She, and she's, like, and, like, nods and goes over to hug him. But as she's hugging him, she realizes what she's touching is just raw flesh, and she recoils and sees all of his skin's gone because that's their one move, which is to flay you with chains. Yeah. Anyway, the group appears. So Trevor, Colin, and Nora arrive to take Riley home. While Riley explains her findings to Colin, the still-living but mutilated Voight, who is hiding inside the walls stabs Nora with the box.
1: Um, yes. Okay. I follow what was said in that sentence. Right.
0: But... Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so she goes with a group to find out what's going on mm-hmm. and hopefully rescue the brother. Meanwhile, it turns out that Voight didn't die and wasn't killed by the Cenobites and is in fact really living in the walls of his mansion, but he's been heavily mutilated.
1: It's like Bruno from Encanto. Yep. I'm following. That's an Encanto joke. Shake, tell me you've seen Encanto.
0: Have you not seen Encanto? I have. I forgot. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's basically Bruno from Encanto. This film is basically Encanto. This film is
1: basically (laughs) Encanto.
0: The group attempts to escape the mansion in a van, but Nora is taken by the Cenobites. And there's, like, a cool moment where even though she's in the back of the van, all of a sudden her perception of reality is that the van now is, like, a mile long. They're far away, and she, she then gets also flayed by the Cenobites. Oh, God, okay. Um, the group crashes the van because they turn around and Nora's lost her skin, and they try to walk back to the mansion. She's
1: <laughs> lost her skin. <laughs> this is <great>. oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> Here's an interesting thing, right? Like, Clyde Barker never called Pinhead Pinhead, mm. he either calls it the cold one. Or the, ver- or the Hell Priest. And in, in this synopsis, and I think in the credits for this one, they refer to Pinhead as the priest. So Riley's confronted by the priest, who commands her to sacrifice two souls with the last two configurations, or the Cenobites will take her. After Trevor is injured by one of the Cenobites, the Chatterer, Riley solves the next confederation and stabs the chatterer, leading to it being torn apart by chains as well. What?
1: Hasn't it already (laughs) been? Oh, yeah. I forgot the Cenobite rules were really weird.
0: (laughs) I think, but it's like, yes, they've already been mutilated, but you can also be sacrificed if you're a Cenobite. And Cenobites are still, they're basically just people who have gone through this change and now they're like super like deformed humans with skin flaps and things. Lots of flaps, lots of skin flaps. But
1: they... But they like it, don't they? they Rather they've than come die from to,
0: it. yeah, they don't die from it. Well, they accept it. Whether they like it or not is not clear. Like, they're never that enthusiastic, but they're like, you made it. Like, it's basically like, and it's also like, I've learned from this podcast that you can't go into a contract not knowing what the outcome's gonna be and for them to be like, no, that the contract's final and yeah. you can't get out of it. <laughs> like like yeah, you should have I... known.
1: You should have known what we would have eventually done. <laughs> 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 What's that Simpsons line? You know, you should have known what the deal would eventually be. It's like <laughs> All right. In like fact there's really good contract law on the Simpsons. Like the most useful like lawyer Simpsons joke is the commercial one of the kids be like, Mum, Mum, we can make a deal. And Marge says, "You don't have anything I want." <laughs> 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 no, it's just a good lesson about um, contracting. And well,
0: I mean, it's wild to me that if you're below our generation, The Simpsons means nothing to you, and none of the references make any sense. I think
1: if you're under the age of thirty-five, you've never seen it. Yeah. It's probably yeah. Would that
0: be right? Oh, it's probably under the age of thirty. But yeah, still. okay. It's just a anyway.
1: consideration, contracting They do it all
0: So the, the group makes it back to the mansion mm. Realising that there are steel doors Designed to lock the Cenobites out It's so dumb These Cenobites can travel through dimensions mm. Can shoot chains through dimensions But you close a steel door on them And they're like But why
1: would the Cenobite world have these doors?
0: <laughs> oh no, because remember we're in the mansion now We're sorry. in Voight's yes, mansion But even then, if they're that easy to stop Why wouldn't you just be like, I'm not going to be torn apart by your chains?
1: But it's not even clear what that, why why you would want to stop them.
0: All right. Okay. So anyway, so Riley and Colin leave Trevor to rest and it is revealed that Trevor is actually the bad guy and has been working for Voight the whole time to find people to sacrifice to the puzzle box. Riley and Colin trap a Cenobite, the Asphyx. That's the one that can't breathe properly to become the last sacrifice. Asphyx, yeah, okay. But Voight appears and stabs Colin with the box, leading to him being the last sacrifice. Now, we discover that Voight reveals that he sought new pleasurable sensations uh, as a super rich guy. So he completed all six configurations of the box. But when he was given a gift, what his reward, and it's actually pretty cool. He has this contraption, this gold contraption, stuck to the front of his chest and the back, that's tied to all these nerve endings, that's constantly twisting. So he's always in extreme pain.
1: Uh, Okay, yes, that's that's cool, but yeah.
0: So he completes the final configuration and traps the Cenobites, demanding they ask Leviathan to free him from his gift. Leviathan then appears in the sky, and that kind of pisses me off because I'm like, It's a lot scarier when you have to go to hell and then you just see this distant thing in the sky. It kind of Mm. sucks that he just shows up above the house.
1: He's like, oh, yeah, you rang? yeah.
0: Yeah, he's still huge. But anyway, Leviathan, and also like the fact that we just assume it's a dude. Leviathan Mm. is a, like, Leviathan uh, is genderless, right? Yep. Leviathan appears in the sky above the mansion. Riley retrieves the box and unlocks the steel doors, letting in the Cenobites. Riley saves Colin from torture by stabbing Trevor Choosing him as a new final sacrifice. And in fact, they were doing something a bit creative with Colin because he was going to be the final death. And instead of chains, they had like really thin string wrapped around all of his limbs and were slowly tightening it and tightening it and tightening it and tightening it. And that was that's, that's pretty gross. And I was like, okay, yeah. finally you get creative with the sixth. Oh, like piano
1: wire kind of thing. Yeah, that's like piano wire, through. right? Yeah, okay. Ugh.
0: Like around all of his limbs. Anyway, so
1: like the audition of like the "Ah,
0: yeah exactly like the audition exactly like that. So Riley saves Colin from torture by stabbing Trevor, choosing him as the new final sacrifice. I don't know how those rules work. Like she's basically like, no 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 no, Colin's fine because I've stabbed Mm. another person and now they're the final sacrifice.
1: Similar to Pokemon, I feel like I choose. (laughs) It's like no 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 no,
0: the Pokemon's got to get caught. But the priest agrees and Trevor is mutilated and dragged to hell. Meanwhile, Voight bargains with the priest to grant him a different gift, and she offers him power. Voight is released from his contraption and momentarily healed before Leviathan impales him with an even bigger chain and takes him away.
1: I love that Voight's like, I'm going to force Leviathan to fix this. (laughs) This is going to go well.
0: So, tempted by the priest into resurrecting Matt, Riley refuses to wish for a gift because she is clever enough to know that the Cenemite's rewards are always bad.
1: It's like oh this rewards pain
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you want the surprise reward it's like yeah. it's not going to be a good surprise no 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 I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> the Cenobites tell her that she has effectively chosen to live with the guilt of her actions and it's like they're fucking like hell demons with chain like it's like I'm going to be pretty cool to live with some guilt <laughs> she
1: already was going to do that <laughs> just with extra pain It's was like that that was always going to happen <laughs> she is going to remain alive
0: the box then reverts to its original configuration and the centibites disappear as riley and colin leave the mansion he asks her if she made the right choice riley remains silent so there's been that one cool moment to go that the box actually has six configurations and once you get to the six you get to have an audience with leviathan which is interesting If it cheapens Leviathan a bit. It's not,
1: yeah, it's not that interesting because Leviathan's like, cool, great. Good to see you. <laughs> Guess what I'm about to do?
0: But it's a trick. Yep. Anyway, so we then cut to Voight, who is what seems to be like he's he's naked and like soaring through a really like almost like heaven. Like it's really bright, sun shining sky, and he's like soaring through the air on almost this like kind of like a crucifix, but not quite. All of a sudden, all of his skin starts, like, peeling back in different ways.
1: Uh, Yeah, okay.
0: And he's, like, screaming, and what we're watching is him becoming a Cenobite, and we've never seen that in a film. And so we see these flaps go back, we see things break and all of this stuff, and we see him transform into a Cenobite because that's what Leviathan meant when they offered Voight power for his, like, final gift. And that's the end of Hellraiser 2022.
1: But the power does not extend to being able to open a door, I think we established.
0: (laughs) earlier In the film.
1: (laughs) I'm still not satisfied with it. Like, there's an underlying premise. Look, Clive Clive Barker's reputation is partially restored by the fact that uh, I think we were a little dismissive of the lack of subtlety he had dealing with sort of BDSM type type stuff when we first...
0: And, and you know what's really interesting, that... To mm. go back to that, because, I, I mean, I think it'd be interesting going, like, in the same way that this makes me appreciate Clive Barker and his original way more than this. I mm. wonder if it, this makes you appreciate the original episode of Spooko in, in relation wasn't. to this one. Yeah, Probably, probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, here's us... Schooling Clive Barker on consent in the BDSM world when he actually came up, you know, in its, like, early New York origins in the 70s and wrote from that experience.
1: It just goes to show that we're the best and we can school <laughs> anyone, even if they're really experienced. So, fuck you, come at us, Barker. Let's get it. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh What's up?